Welcome to In Discovery We Trust, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. This week we will be discussing If Memory Serves. My name is Ethan and I'm joined as always by Kevin with the Darth Vader helmet hair. You may have to post that to Twitter because his hair resembles Darth Vader's helmet today. I'm not doing it. <coughs> I don't want people to see what it looks like. So, we had an episode full of uh, big doings, as uh, the term we like to use yep. sometimes. Yep. Now, the way I see it, this broke down into three things. You got Stamets and Culver, Section 31, and then Talos 4. Maybe, so, a, little bit, maybe a little bit of Pike and uh, <clears throat> Thingy. What's his name? Tyler. <laughs> I thought you meant um, Vina. <laughs> oh, that too, actually. Thingy. Thingy. Sorry. Thingy. Couldn't remember that. I included Vina into Talos 4 stuff. Yeah. And Tyler. Sure, yeah. So what, where should we hit first? Should we go for the big doings, or should we go for the Stamets Culber and get that out of the way? Uh, no, I want to get start with the uh, the previously on Star Trek. Oh, of course. That was... I was not expecting that. Me neither. And it started, and I that. thought it was because it, on CBS All Access, uh, I've been watching some of the original series. So I thought I had hit the wrong button, or it had started some other right. episode. I was so confused. And then well, when it cut from the close-up... To Pike to Pike. I had oh, a similar thing. I had a similar thing because I was like, wait, I'm like, is, I'm like, did I hit the right thing? And then I, was like, then I thought, is this an ad for something? Yeah. Yeah, maybe like, what's the original? Well, because I was confused because it said, you know, CBS All Access Originals, whatever the hell it says. And it said, then that came up. I was like, wait, I'm like, wait what is this? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's got to be the, uh, the longest span of time to do a previously on thing. We're talking 55 years now. Right, even in universe, it's still pretty long. Right, and what I liked about it is, it, I think it really re. First, I took it as a big. First, I took it as a middle finger to those haters who want to say Discovery is not in the same timeline, which clearly it is because of that. Mm-hmm. But also, it really kind of brought to light with me when you see that show compared with Discovery visually. It's like, yeah, they can't. Sorry, they just can't go with this look for Discovery. They need to update it. But it wasn't. Jarring, no. Well, maybe it wasn't jarring for us, but I don't know. It wasn't. I didn't think it was too jarring. Maybe because yeah. they did such a good job casting that it, yeah. when you saw their faces next to each other, it sort of worked. Oh, when they did that smash cut between Jeffrey Hunter and Ensign Mount, it, was, it just like really came into focus. Like Jesus Christ, he looks exactly like him. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. And you know, the what I, what was cool about that was that before the episode aired that week, I actually suggested somebody who I know who watches the show but isn't too familiar with the Trek lore. I said. You know, definitely go back and watch the Menagerie. Maybe watch the Cage of Green. And now he doesn't even have to. Well, yeah. Well, that, so that's one thing I didn't think. Because when I watched it the second time, I thought, did they give enough information to understand what was going on? Yeah. And I don't think they really did. Yeah, I don't know. It was more I like mean, if you've seen it, it gave you a refresher, and we knew what the blue plant was because of that. Because they had to show that picture, that image of Spock. The blue plant, the blue plant, Vina, and the Telosians, I guess. Yes, but um, we didn't. I don't think they don't they didn't get across that they stole Pike to keep him as a um, in their zoo, their menagerie. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, I like what it did. I like I, I liked the uh, the artistic choice of them putting that in there. Yes. Yeah. Plus, then I think when we because we've never actually seen Pike and Spock together on this show, so also it gave a little background no. of their not until the end did experience. Yeah. <clears throat> So, yeah, right. that was the first thing I wanted to that, And that was great. And that was yeah. really fun. Yeah, definitely. And that, it, yeah, it warmed my heart. All right. 
Get Samus and Culver out of the way? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, don't have that in my notes, but... Well, it's I can see things, why. Not one of the things I wanted to discuss. <laughs> I was interested. Well, I mean, not to say I didn't want to discuss it, but, like, it didn't stand out for me. It's like, okay. <laughs> I Like, I see what's going on. I'm recovering from a cold, and I'm going to lean away whenever I have to cough, and hopefully... That's why it would take so long to get this episode out. Yes, I'm sorry. I had no voice. He would not have wanted to hear me. I sounded like an old smoker. So, uh, Stamets and Culver. First off, Stamets, um, I just, he was just insufferable. Yeah, he didn't really have, um, I mean, he wasn't featured that much in this episode. And when he was. scenes with Hugh. I don't know. I just, I, he just was so sad and pathetic, and he really seemed, like, he wanted to make Culver's whole experience about him. Hmm. He, um, it seemed like he only cared about how it affected him. Oh, I missed you so much. Just be regular. Um, you know, not considering that he's been dead. Yeah. He had his consciousness put into a new body and he seemed to have no, um, concern for him. It was just, oh my God, you're back. Everything needs to be the same now. So, yeah, it was really, um, not a good look for Stamets. Yeah, I was curious, you know, of course I'm really curious what's going to happen with Culver and how he's going to, you know, go on with this, but um, definitely not the same person that we knew prior to this. I mean, it's not too dissimilar to severing Seven of Nine from the Borg. It's like, obviously, she's not the same person that she was before she was assimilated, so it's like, I think he's just going to take on a whole new persona, as it were. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting that we've got, he's getting a new persona. Yeah. Tyler got a new persona, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler's really getting on my nerves. I just want to yeah. say that. He's becoming insufferable. Uh, Saru's got a new persona. Yep. And then Michael's always sort of growing. But yeah. it's been interesting. That's interesting. We have, you know, those three big characters with the yeah, persona. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing. <clears throat> okay. There was a cut between a scene with Stamets and Culver to a scene with Spock and Burnham that we'll get to later. But one of the things Spock said... Um, seemed like it was clarifying what was happening with Stamets and Culver because Spock said to Michael, this is not about you and your feelings. And I thought, oh, that's fascinating because I was just thinking before, like, why is Stamets making this all about him and his feelings? Yep. Really, it should be about Culver. So I thought that was interesting and maybe there was a the theme in there. Internet, Culver. Yes. Hugh. Hugh. That's all I have to say about Hugh. He was a Borg in I Borg, the TNG episode. Um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. I mean, that's not a plot right now that my mind is wanting to focus on at the moment. It's it's the least, it's one of the few least important ones to me at the moment. Yes, that's why I wanted to kind of just touch on it quickly. Yeah. Because, you know, Samus is being an important character at different points. And then it was strange that the show seemed to say, okay, he's leaving now. And yeah. then... He hasn't left, but he's sort of left the main focus of the show a bit. A little bit. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Um, the thing I wanted to bring up um, with regard to Section 31, um, they said something, Section 31 said something at the very beginning of this episode that I found very interesting. Um, I don't think it was Giorgio, it was, um, what's his name? The captain. Section 31. Leland. Um, he said in quotes, let's listen for it, 
but not tip our hand. Okay. And the reason why that line sticks out to me is that that's almost like a possible clue into the direction that Section 31, I think, eventually takes, where they're much more sort of in the shadows and not so, like, out in the open like they seem to be now. Hmm. I don't know. That's kind of how I took that. I know yeah. I'm sort of speaking out of context. No, that's all right, because Section 31 is a good place to start. Yeah. Um, because I have a lot of Section 31 questions after this. Yeah. So, yeah, let's listen and don't tip our hand with that idea of um, trying to figure out where yeah. Spock is by just eavesdropping on... Yeah, and I think that's... I think that's eventually... I think I feel like that's kind of a sneak peek at the direction that Section 31 eventually takes that we see on Deep Space. And, well, um, yeah. we've So that brings up an interesting point because we definitely are headed for some sort of showdown because there's no way Section 31 can continue as it is and uh, Pike and crew can continue as they are because they are right now completely... Mm. at odds with each other right so this has to get resolved in some way and it's not going to be a peaceful resolution I don't think no definitely not um so section 31 right away we get this power struggle again between Giorgio and Leland yep so I thought of course Giorgio was very clever in how she does it she always (laughs) yeah totally um yeah still to me no indication like where section 31 is going or what their role is in all of this just yet. I mean, again, they seem very... There's this whole, as I said a few weeks ago, anti-Spock movement going on. Right. Did they frame Spock, do you think? I think they did. Who? I don't know. The person who... What was it, a few weeks ago? Last week? week before last word? It was suggested that they're, they're taking orders from a higher up. Yes. Who is that higher up? I don't, we don't know. I wonder if it's the Admiral. That'd be crazy. Because we did see the Admiral say, welcome to Section 31 headquarters. Next for, next that's, for the, that's for this week, yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. That would be an interesting twist. Maybe. Um, but well, I mean, why? they all kind of report to her, though. I mean, yeah, she kind of oversees true. both of them, so... But um, why... I don't know. I don't understand the why yet. Unless it was George O and there's some underhanded motive, because I just don't get why they would cross that line of killing, murdering the... the... Um, doctors or the orderlies and framing Spock. Could it all be tied into Spock as Spock's childhood? I mean, don't forget you have the logic extremists who tried to kill, who Michael tried to um, stray them away from, who wanted to kill Michael. I mean, do you think that's just some... What if the logic extremists were actually like Section 30? I was thinking about that. Like, what if the logic extremists are actually like Section 31 agents, possibly? That would be quite a twist. Yeah. That would be quite a twist. Because we've only seen them in really one episode. Right. Which was last season. That's true. That's true. That would be quite a twist. Yeah. Something big's going on. Right. In Section 31. Something big is going on that I think is really going to drive them to become a far more secretive organization that we see, again, that we later see on Deep Space Nine. Mm. Yeah. Because what I think I know about the Admiral, if the Admiral knew that they were doing these kind of things, she would shut it down. Right. Because who would allow murder of Starfleet employees to frame other Starfleet employees? Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be very interesting to see where that goes. Very interesting. It's just, it's been, right up until, since the beginning, it was always difficult for me to see where Section 31 kind of fits into this overall plot. And, um, because it just seemed so kind of 
like irrelevant to everything that was going on. <laughs> but now it's right in the thick of it. Right yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know though. Um, I, I'm just I'm not sure like why there seems to be this anti Spock conspiracy within not only Section Thirty One but also it seems like in Starfleet as well because those those three Starfleet admirals or four Starfleet admirals in the beginning just seemed very sort of like on par with Section Thirty One. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck's I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. So we're, I'm going to need big explanations on that. Yeah. And hopefully we get them because I think we only have about five episodes left. Right. One option could be that it's George O acting alone. It could be. <clears throat> because it, this could all be her manipulating Michael mm-hmm. for whatever her reason is. I don't think we know yet. Right. But she's gotten a lot out of Michael recently. Mm-hmm. Michael's sort of in her debt. Yep. Um, she's got Leland looking bad and her looking good. Right. So she's she could be doing a master manipulation of working the whole thing. Yeah. Interesting to see. So that brings us to the main event. Well, because don't forget, though, and also, like, later on, we're going to have this Section 31 TV series, allegedly. So That's the thing. So I keep thinking, oh, well, did, you told George O. She's going to get found out. She's going to get taken down. But then I think, no, I can't. That can't be it because there's right. going to be a TV show with her, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, whatever happens to Section 31 in the next couple of episodes, like through the rest of the season, and I'm sure they'll be back next season, um, because this series isn't supposed to premiere, I don't think, until about, I think they said, I think CBS said like somewhere around 2021. So, um, yeah, dude, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to see. Uh-huh. I, I think by then, they're, I, I really do believe that they're going to like wind up going into the shadows after all this takes place. And, and I think that's going to be the series that we are going to see. Right. I just think, how could, if all we're seeing is true, how could anyone let them go into the shadows, knowing they're capable of these things? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Starfleet will, you know, quote-unquote, cut their funding as it was, as it was. maybe, I don't know. And they'll call it something else. They'll call it something else, yeah. With an emergency declaration. Well, because they're far more secretive in DS9. And by the time you reach DS9, it's like, it's as if nobody's aware of them. Yeah. So clearly something has to happen in order to get them to kind of... Or it could just be that eventually they... I mean, we have a whole series coming, but like maybe they eventually disband and they just disappear for the next half century or so. Mm. Until DS9. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So that brings us to the main event, which is Talos 4. Yes. First off, general thoughts, because I know we were very excited. Oh, we were very man. psyched for this. So it sounds, you know, as soon as Michael got off the shuttle, it was, he had the, and and I knew they would do this, like, it had the exact same, like, ambient sound, which was coming from those blue humming leaves. Mm -hmm. Didn't I say last week, like, just show me the blue leaves, that's all I want to see. And she even smiled at them. It was the same exact, yeah, it was the same exact And it was very cool how they were moving, too. Yeah. It added a lot to it. Well, it also kind of, that, and also, again, combined with the... um, The rocks were real. The beginning, Yes. (laughs) The beginning of the episode, which gives the recap. I mean, it's definitely clear to me that the people behind the show are definitely, like, TOS nerds. Yeah. I had no doubt that when they got the Talos, like, yeah, of course they're going to have that. The, of course they're going to have, like, that background sound effect for the planet. Of course they are. Like, why wouldn't they? Yeah. And, of course, you're going to touch the leave and it'll stop immediately. Yes. Yeah. And have real rocks, which was real. But I was kind of hoping they would make it look a little bit more like it Me did too. in the caves. Like, I'm like, are they going to make, make some of it look cheap, kind of on purpose? Or but maybe have a crazy door in a rock. Just <laughs> right, exactly. Or, like, I thought maybe we'd see, like, the big... 
Maybe like the, you know the Enterprise left that big cannon behind or something. Oh, I got the cannon. Something to indicate that like oh yeah, here's where Pike was. When oh, that was a shame. The cannon would have been so cool. Yeah, because they broke the cannon, right? Uh, no, they would have broke it. No, they would have broke it. Yeah, they took the cannon. They, they're not wasteful. <laughs> um, so my general overall was that I think my expectations were too high. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, I, li- I definitely liked it. I just felt, oh, that's it. Well, I mean, I don't know what you would. I don't know what you were would have been fully expecting. I mean, we got to see the first thing we saw when they landed. Or one of the first things we saw was Vina. Yeah. Which, you know, honestly, in watching the recap, even though they spent a great deal of time kind of introducing Vina and the relationship with her and Pike, I wasn't, I wasn't looking at it that way initially. I just thought, oh, they're just recapping the events of the cage. Uh huh. You didn't expect Vina. I, I don't want to say I didn't expect it, but when she showed up, I was like, oh my god, I'm like, oh my god, there's Vina. Like, what yeah. the hell? I'm like, what do you oh, think sweet. of the casting for Vina? I mean, I thought it was fine. Okay. I don't think she uh, looked like. No. The original actress too much. No, but, and I don't uh, think they went out of their way to make the costume look like. It would have been cool if she had the '60s look to her. Well, she ha- it's weird because she had a '60s look. It just right. wasn't the '60s look she had before. Yeah, she almost had like a go-go dancer look. She had right. like the hair kind of up, and then the makeup kind of like pinkish lips, and mm-hmm. so yeah, it was very strange that it was a different. 60s she was a look. she was a she was a 21st century actress cosplaying as somebody from the 60s. Yes, it was it was strange. Well, it was interesting, but um, I think she she played it well. No, I was glad that we actually got. I was glad that we actually did get to see her though. Well, me too. And she um, played into it. We got that moment between her and Pike. But see, the interesting thing is, now, unless I missed something, going back to the original shows, I thought that maybe we'd see the illusion that she was left with, the Pike illusion that she was left with. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we left off with that. Right. Why, though? I don't know. It would have been Jeffrey Hunter. Confusing. Or would it have been Anson Mount? That would have been wild if it was Jeffrey Hunter. Who's... <laughs> Um, so we get the plan, we get Vina. Okay, so we start to get some answers about. Oh, so interesting. I really like the, the touch of they were thought they were heading into a black hole. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, Spock grabbed the, the wheel, as it were, and just steered them straight into it. Yep. That was great because he knows how they work and he yeah. knows what was happening. And, you know, speaking of that, I mean, we get a better sense in this episode sort of like how far reaching their mind control powers actually are. Yeah, they Obviously, can go. the further you, out you go, the it's like. You know, it's like they, TV reception, right? They can't maintain it that long. They can't maintain it that long, yeah. Did you get a vibe of um, Kylo Ren and Rey? Not at all. I did, of course, <laughs> but, you know, I would. Not one bit. Um, so we start to get some answers. He's going there because only the Solosians can repair his mind. Mm-hmm. And yeah. his problem is he's experiencing time as a fluid, as they say. Yeah. And Spock says later, which I thought was very interesting, I think it's a point for discussion, um, he, his, his constant was time itself, and now time has failed me. Yeah. I didn't fully... Have you ever gotten any indication that time is his logic foundation? I mean... I can't, really, I can't think of anything specific like yeah. any other shows. But Did that jump out at you as strange? No, actually, it didn't really jump out at me. Okay. No. What really jumped out at me was that the Telosians in this seemed far less threatening than they were in the cage. Yeah, well, Vina says um, they are not, quote, unnecessarily cruel. Right. <laughs> which is funny. Right. 
because it's you saying they can be cruel, but only right. when it's necessary. But it's like they didn't take Michael and Spock and try to put them in a cage like they did with Pike. Right? Yeah, so yeah. perhaps their experience the first time made them give up on that idea. Possibly. I mean, granted, when they went down below, I'm like, show me the... I was hoping like we'd see the cages of, of everything else, and we'd see like that cheap monster in the costume like somewhere in the background. I'm like, that would have been cool if that was still there. Yeah. Yeah. Or they had just beamed them straight into a cage and been like, thank you for joining our menagerie. Or you just see like the wind of the... The cage with the big hole in it that pipe yeah. blasted. Or somebody something pumps like into it and makes a boom. Yeah. Noise. yeah. Um, all right. One more thing. Another thing. So sometimes when I'm come up with these things that I just put up for discussion, like, does this make any sense to you? Because while watching it, it mm-hmm. strikes me as not making much sense. So they told Michael they would help Spock, but yep. they needed her memory of her uh, terrible memory of her interaction with. Bach when she left. Yes. And he hurt him. And, they and so we finally get to see, that. you know, when Amanda said a few weeks ago, like, what did you do to him? And she didn't say anything. Yes. Like, it's, yes. it's that. She calls him a half-breed. And she says horrible things to him so he won't follow her. Horrible things. Because, horrible, horrible like, things. you would do to a dog. If you're trying to get rid of a dog and you're like, whatever it is. You're yeah. Like, and you just so hit it or something. And you feel and it was, it Everybody was, cries. It was interesting because when Amanda was, was wanting to know what Michael did, and it was suggested that Michael did something to him, that surprised me a little bit because at least the previous flash- flashback that we saw with the two of them as kids, Spock was having none of it. Like, didn't seem like he didn't, when he met her, he didn't want her there. Yes. But then now when she left, he's saying, but I love you. Right. And that was kind of, yeah, that kind of threw me. Yeah, that was kind of sad. Yeah, and then he, sad. he played it as this, well, you helped me to shed all my humanity because I saw how cruel you could be. Right. But here's a strange thing. The Telogians say... So she is responsible in a way for him kind of... Living a Vulcan way of life, despite the fact that he's half human. Yeah, but yeah. also she's responsible for that, along with Amanda, that core of humanity. Right. That you know leads Kirk to say things like, "He was the most human." Yeah. Um. So the solutions say we need your memory to survive. I found that incredibly odd because when they said that they. Before, when they were taking people for the cage, and they said, yep. oh, we need to learn, we need to survive. Yep. I thought it had something more to do, like, not that they literally, like, fed off of memories, but yep. that somehow they were learning from behavior, like, how they can behave and do things that are going to save them. Yeah. So I thought it was very strange, when because they sort of said that without any follow-up questions. No one was like, wait a minute, you need Why to not? see me and my brother have a fight to survive? I don't remember that one. How does that work? I don't remember that one. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they said. Um, We need that to survive. This is how we... Side note, I don't know if you noticed, so in the flashback when Michael's being chased by that creature, Uh the sound effects are lifted directly from Jurassic Park. You're hearing the... Oh, it's exactly. You're hearing... It's the T-Rex roar. Is that owned by CBS? No, that's the weird thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know how they pulled that off. Yeah. Um, Alright, so that's my one thing there. Um, She says fine, but first you have to show me his mind. And, and there's three different visions that we get, sort of. There's the first one uh, with the planets, the second one with Spock in the hospital, and then the third one is Michael's um, of her, her and Spock. Right. So in the first one, we got Michael's death for that big creature. Yep. Have we ever seen those creatures before? No. Okay. Well, at first I thought, wait, is that what Spock had for a pet? No, it was not a stale lot. Yeah, okay. That's that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, then Still we see... So that was interesting and, and fine. And we sort of knew about that, I think. 
But then we say he they took they took me to a remote planet mm-hmm. and showed me. Oh, he mind knows the red angel. Yes. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Two things. First okay. off, did you get an Abrams verse vibe there? Sort of. Because he's wearing the white suit. He's on an ice planet. Well, I got the Abrams vs. vibe when that thing was chasing Michael. Because that's like that thing was chasing Kirk in the first movie. Okay. Yeah. My on thing was, planet. he's on an ice planet. He's wearing a white, yeah. like, snowsuit. And then when he looks up, there's the red glow. And it reminds me of the red matter. Jeez. And I thought, oh, this is really interesting. Because they definitely went for the look. Are there any lens flares, too? So, um, he does a mind meld. Yep. And later on, he says that it was human. He felt he loneliness, and it was human. Yeah. So that is... Well, so, and his mind meld, and then seeing what it saw, like, did remind me again of Spock mind melding with V'ger. Oh, yeah. Reminded me of that, because when he's out there in the space suit, and he puts his hands up, and he, you know, begins to mind meld with V'ger. Mm-hmm. So it did remind me of that. I mean, not to say that, not to suggest that the Red Angel is connected to no, V'ger, so. because it's, he said it's a human. Interestingly enough, from the future... And the apocalyptic visions that we see are actually the future. It's like a a possibility. This is our timeline. It's our timeline. And the Red Angel has come through time to fix that. And we have to follow its design, I believe he says. Yes, to escape this fate, we must follow the angel's design. Does that mean that's so that we have to follow a 1960s look? Is that the design? (laughs) I think it means everything they tell them. Yes. Yes. Um, So... So we owe the existence of Jean-Luc Picard and Benjamin Sisko and Catherine Jane Maybe, unless, to the Red Angel. Unless the Red Angel changes it. And, oh, no, yeah, because the Earth would have been destroyed, so that yeah. definitely doesn't happen. All right, so they see a bunch of planets get destroyed. We see those probes, a bunch of them coming yeah. out. We really don't get that much more than what we saw in the No, because we still don't week. know, because it's still, again, like, well, who is that? Like, who's right. actually doing that? Yeah. Right. We see the probe attack. So we yeah. still have no idea who's sending the probes. Yep. We still have no idea... Of anything, except that it's a human. Now, don't you think he would know if it was Pike? If he mind melded with it, yes. Yeah. So interesting. So if he mind melded with it, unless he didn't get the, unless he didn't get that far with into the mind melt to see, but um, I would think that if he mind melded, I mean, I don't know. I unless don't he's aided by Telosians to like put in one his mind what he wants. I don't think he. I don't, I don't know if we would know immediately. I don't think. I feel like they would save that for like a later date. Well, like, I know. Spock maybe like. But it's I, you, Captain. Well, yeah, but he said, I don't know who it was. I know it was human and it was lonely, which fits Pike, because Pike would probably be lonely. I mean, he has his... Right. He does have Vina in the future, I guess. But still. Yep. Maybe she dies. She's older the Red Angel Vina. She's probably older than him, a lot older than him. Yeah. So maybe he is lonely, and all Telosians might die off, too. Um, the Telosians might... Oh, which reminded me. I love that line when Giorgio said, I destroyed the Telosians in my time, in my universe. <laughs> yeah. And I thought to myself, or did you? <laughs> they just well, want you to think you did. Well, it, the best thing is that she said, I blew them in their, I blew up them in their stupid singing plants. <laughs> that was just Well, again, and I'm just like, or did you really? Did, yeah. Are, are you sure That's about true. that? That's are true. you sure about that? Well, yeah. that was... Hilarious. Yeah. The two singing plants. The stupid singing. Of course, he would hate them. That was great. That felt like a, like a nod to me. I'm just like, yes. Because <laughs> I wanted to see those plants so badly. Yep. And then not only that, but then, we hear about her blowing them up. Yeah. Potentially or allegedly. <laughs> well, I mean, it's an iconic shot of them, you know. But it's so weird. It's an iconic shot, but it's also... 
a shot of Spock with a shit-eating grin that totally doesn't fit his character. No, he's smiling. On his face. But they hadn't figured Spock out yet at that point. No, but yeah. Um, then we get vision number two, who yep. frames Spock. It was interesting when Michael says, um, oh, did you kill them? He says, you still don't, basically, you still don't trust me, do you? Yeah. That was interesting. I didn't know where to get that. Who, yeah, it's like, who frames Spock? I was trying, I was thinking there for a second, like, is there any connection between who frames Spock and maybe the range all itself, but I don't know. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um... But, no, I mean, 31's extremely interested in all of that, so I think that, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I can't, I, I, my mind keeps wanting to go to, like, Trek lore to see if there's anybody in the lore who would have done it, but I just, yeah. I it just seems very odd that Starfleet never seemed to consider at first, like, working with Spock in a productive way. They seem to jump straight to, oh, we gotta get Section 31 in here and right. rip it out of them. Yeah. Which doesn't seem very Starfleet, like. Nope, it doesn't. So that's all very strange, which leads to the fact that it maybe it is the Admiral. I mean, she's there next week, so um, I just I want to I want to see some questions being answered now. Like I don't know if I want to see everything resolved in the finale. Like I right. want to see begin to see things sort of come to their conclusion as the season goes on. Right, because there's as, as we approach the finale, way too many questions. I mean, we have the question answered of how does Spock fit into this? Right. That's sort it. of. That's it, though. Sort of, yeah. Sort of, yeah. He's the only one that sees his future. He's the only one that's being told how to stop it. And we found out, like, why there's the rift between Spock and Michael. That's true. Um, Which, but yeah. those weren't, like, cornerstone questions of the season. No. No. They were the questions. questions of the season, yeah. Obviously, the big one is, how did Leland kill Michael's parents? Dun-dun-dun. Right. We're all burning on that one. I was talking Wait a minute. So I just said... Wait a minute, so then I just, because I said to you a little while ago, like, the logic extremists, are they section 31? Yes. Because, what? remember I said to you earlier, like, could the could the yeah. logic extremists be section 31 agents? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know, maybe. It's like, but then I forgot that small detail. No, Leyland did it. So, yes. But he killed her parents, they were humans. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm thinking of, never mind. <laughs> okay. Sorry, no, 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 my, my bad, my bad, my bad. Okay. Um, that? No. Okay. Um... <laughs> Okay, no, I was, my mind went total. I got, but they the, I got the two wait, things mixed but up. Weren't they working with? I mean, she must have been with Vulcans that they took her in the first place, right? So her parents must have been working with Vulcans. So they still could have been targeted by the extremists. Well, her parents were human, obviously. Yeah, but they must have known um, Sarek or something. He didn't just go to an orphanage and get her. He no. was he was there, I think, when it happened, whatever it was. So maybe they were working with. All speculation time, but this is fun to think about. Maybe they were working with Vulcans, and maybe Leland did have something to do with the extremists. Now it's starting to make sense. The extremists could be working with Section 31, possibly. Maybe. That's an interesting one for the wild theory, but logical. Yeah, and I mean, when I, and when I heard the term Vulcan extremists, I mean, the first thing I thought of were those Vulcan extremists as they were on Enterprise. Yes. The logic extremists. Yeah. Which so, is interesting. I don't know if they could... I mean, could they still be the same group of people? The ones who... Sure. The ones from, I don't know. I remember finding it very... It's, it's funny. Okay, I'm going to relate this to a real-world thing. <clears throat> when I heard about Vulcan extremists on Enterprise, I remember, I thought, well, what? that doesn't fit the philosophy that I know them as having. 
But it's the same thing when I remember when I was young and I learned about Hindu extremists that killed Gandhi. And I thought, but that doesn't fit what I know about, so, you know, Hindu people. So I guess, you know, there can be extremists of all kinds and we should not assign Mm -hmm. any particular ideology to extremism. All can be brought to their extreme end and turned toward violence. Very true. Um... The actually, I want to go back to Talos for one second. Yeah. So, well, I feel like I'm kind of jumping, maybe jumping ahead, but when Discovery has to come to Talos to get them, mm-hmm. they point out that Talos is already restricted. It's in restricted out. It's in, it's in a, a yes. restricted area of the Alpha Quadrant. Yes. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, so is it is it already? Is, so does that mean it's already General Order Seven? Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yep. After that first encounter, it was yeah. that. Yeah. And I do like that but, um, Pike gives them the the speech that I know is the Kirk speech, which is, I can't make any of you join us on this act of mutiny. And then everyone's like, we're with you, Captain. You know, that kind of thing. Course heading, sir. That was great. Yeah. So Disco- I, I think in, yeah, so I think at this point. How do you want to leave? Discovery, leave is, Discovery is, may end up becoming a wanted starship. Oh, totally. Yeah. They got to. That's why I'm saying this whole thing with Section 31 is going to come to a violent head. And, yeah, and we'll, we'll get to the next week preview because it seemed like yeah we saw some things. Well, this week, actually, no. That's true. A couple yeah. days. Two days. <clears throat> um, Eight hours from now. Yep. And just sort of like on a more observational, random observational point, why are there so many... Why is Michael constantly referencing the looking glass? Why does this keep well, coming up? Like, symbolically, what is, what is going there's on There's two things. One could be the fact that, like I said, um, Spock is... It's about Alice being in a world that she doesn't understand the rules because they're chaotic. Yeah, we have Spock in a world that he doesn't understand. And yeah. we have Michael in a world that she doesn't understand. Right. So it's just a, like a nice story for them to see a similar situation. I what think. you're saying is, Kevin, what you're saying is, stop digging. No, to me, no, because, and then the other thing is just maybe it's just like a way to seem like the show has a theme that it maybe doesn't, <laughs> or to borrow a theme from something else. Maybe because it's been since the very beginning of the show, in episode three. So that's interesting. That's probably a carryover from Fuller to now. It's got to be. I wonder if... That's interesting. So, in spite of everything that happened, the... I actually think the bombshell... This episode dropped a bombshell. Did it? I think. Okay. When Saru tells Pike that he uncovered an unauthorized message to an unknown recipient, and then later on, and he's like, well, who could that be? And then then it was, oh, somebody tampered with the uh, spore drive, and then it's kind of... The camera kind of focuses on Arium there for a few seconds, and I'm like, "Totally, who she contact?" Sneaky little shit. Because my first thought was, "Is this Pike talking to George O?" Because we know it's it was strange because it took me a bit because he has been secretly communicating with George O. At different right, points. but this but this secret communique implicated Tyler. Right. Yeah. And Tyler was the one communicating with right. George O. But I think it is Arian because, yeah, she made that face. Mm. So she's communicating with whoever it is attacking with the squid. Right. I'm going to say the Borg. 
But no, <laughs> it's not the boomer. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. That, that is a leading discussion point on a Trek message board I posted. Yeah. Like, is it the Borg? And I'm like, no, it's not the Borg, because that's not how the Borg attack. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's like a pre-Borg. Uh, well, no, I was like, no, because it's 500 years in the future. Not, at that point, the Borg's not going to give a shit about a 500-year-old pe- probe. It's like, that's not even going to phase them. They're not going to bother with it. A 500-year-old probe. Because that probe went through the the uh, the time Yeah, but it but finally, and came back. Found- but they found no trace of it, which means it went. I think it went back to the future. <laughs> you know. So I don't know why they would care about that, but yeah, maybe they do. this is heavy. Yeah, it's not the Borg. It's not the Borg. Uh, let's say if it is the Borg, then man, the continuity people are gonna freak out. <laughs> I'm I'm freaking out at the idea that it's it's, it's not the Borg. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not the Borg. Because Enterprise was so careful to have the Borg without having the Borg. Well, I, but I also think that Enterprise did a, did a pretty pretty brilliant idea of that. Yeah, they only never knew the, they were the Borg. Only the problem was, the earlier the Borg go, they tend to forget their names because they didn't say their name. They didn't say, identify themselves. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they just don't. That's how they got around it. There. Yeah, maybe they just don't identify. Or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I, I, I who do knows? not want to see the Borg on this show. You don't want to see Arium evolve into the Borg I mean, Queen. Look, I, I would, I would love to see how they would approach the design of the Borg on the show, mm. but I don't actually want them to be um, a villain of an. I just, I don't. So you're saying it right now. Um, Arium is not the Borg Queen. Well, so I did find something out about Arium that we haven't really discussed, and that um, Arium is not a full fledged robot. Right. Actually, of course not, because then it would ruin, as we right. discussed. We don't want to ruin data. She's an augmented human. Yes, an augmented human. Yes. Sounds borgy to me. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> but but even then, Arium doesn't look like a Borg. Like it's it's she's too clean. Well, I know. The but Borg look no. That's like if Starfleet. Ari- a Borg. Ar- to me, yeah. Arium, if Arium was a Borg, that's what that's what I'd imagine a Borg looks like hundreds of years in the future. Yeah. Well, maybe she. She's not a Borg. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. you're right. I'm just having fun with this. If she does, if Arium is a Borg, I'm gonna fucking flip out. I really will. Uh oh, you gonna join the haters? <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, come on, guys. Like, the hater corner can be you. No, I don't <laughs> want Arium to be a Borg. All right. She's not a Borg. She's like a Borg precursor. But it's actually mm-hmm. a postcursor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nope. Not happening. All right. I'm open to I'm it. resisting. Okay, okay. I'm resisting the idea. Um, so yeah, brilliantly framed Tyler. So here's the thing that I wonder. <clears throat> is whoever is in manipulating Arium, probably the one that made the attack, are they working directly against the angel? Yes, right? It seems like that's the case. The angel wants one thing, and the whoever's controlling Arium wants the other thing. Right. I, I mean, I would assume that... My sort of assumption with this is that the Red Angel is from the same time period where these where these probes came from. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, five hundred years. Like in they the come future. from the same. They come from the same time. Maybe five hundred yeah. years in the future. So, that's my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also not clear when Spock says, "What does he say? This is a." You had it written down. This is a, this is our future. This is um, this timeline's future. 
Yeah, it's our timeline's future. But it's not indicated as to how soon. That's no, the but it's interesting that he says our timeline's our future. Time, our timeline. The prime timeline. As if he knows about other timelines. Right. I would assume he does, like, having to... Having, mind-melded with the Red Angel. That's Who knows what the hell else he learned. And, you know, I mean, the original series certainly went so many times to the past. Who knows how many times Yeah, definitely. And with uh, Pike, the Enterprise went to the past. To the right. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Um, so... But Arium is going to be the big focus, it looks like, this week. Yes. So... Yeah, so, um, essentially, that can take us to... What we I mean, Arium was hacked. Arium was hacked in some ways. Well, here's the big thing that, that I see at the end. Yep. Um, they're all completely screwed at this point. Like, uh, the whole crew. Okay. Spock, Burnham, Pike. The word screwed. crew is in the word screw. See? <laughs> I'm <Symbolic>. just... <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. They're screwed right now. Okay. They, as far as they know... As far as Hexen 31 knows, they were completely complicit in the vision of Michael and um, Spock being captured, which was brilliant. That was yes. good. I liked that a lot. Because they had me. I believed, I truly believed that he had, turned, he had done it. Well, he thought he did it, actually, maybe. I don't think he knew. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I don't think he knew that, that that was what was happening. I think he knew that he was screwed and there was really nothing he could do. That's what I think. Yeah. Pike. Pike. Yeah, I think he, he actually thought he was turning in or letting them go to Direction 31 because he had no choice. Yeah. Because what was he going to do? He had no choice. So then they show up on Discovery and they're they're all totally screwed because right. Section 31 already figured it out. They're already going to head back there. They're going to know where they're going. Right. And we're left uh, in a very... It only gave them like a few seconds to get out of there, basically. Yeah. To distract them and get out of there. And we're left in a very... Um, so... What's the word? Empire Strikes Back. Like well, the thing was, they should have left them there and just kind of let them. The further away they got, just kind of gradually, if they were if they were able to do that. Yeah. Well, they did warp out, so maybe they were already very far away at that point. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but but now they have to. Uh, well, he did say, you know, we have to run. I want to run silent. So, like earlier in the episode, so they could they could be running silent where they can't be found right now. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> that was good. I was thinking, if I missed what running silent. Well, because when he said, I want to take us to Starbase, is it Starbase 11? Yes. Which they note is two light years away from... Uh, this is very close to here, I imagine. Right, and then he's like, but then he's like, I want to make it look like we're going to Starbase 11, and then we'll just run silent. Right. I'm like, what does that mean to run? Why don't you run silent the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't want to look suspicious. First. They want to seem like what does, it, just, what does it matter? He's silent. They won't even know if it's like suspicious. Well, yeah, or not. but if, if they're just gone and there's no, they didn't tell anyone where they were going, and they can't find them on like whatever tracker they use, then it might look very suspicious. But if they say, "Oh, we're just going in for repairs," and they see like, "Okay, yeah, they're on course for repairs," then I don't know. I can see covering your tracks. You know, it's like when you see the police. I, I, I just saying, like you know, you <laughs> have they to drive. If, I, if I'm Pike, I'm going to assume that all eyes are, from Section Thirty One's point of view. Eyes are on me at all time. So, like, yeah, so I go to Starbase 11. Mm. It's two light years away from... I'd hate to be on that space station unless, like, the Telosians... I assume they can project. <laughs> they must be able to because Pike was further away, so I mean, yeah. that must be fun to be on Starbase 11, right? Um, <laughs> See all kinds of crazy things. So, I mean, what happens then? They... I mean, is this, is this mentality like, okay, let's just run... Let's just go to Starbase 11 and just 
quickly go over to Tell's floor and then get them and leave, and they won't be able to catch us in time. Yeah, it wasn't a good plan. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, Pike's... This is a mess. This is a total mess. Yeah. Don't say run silent, because I have no idea what the fuck that means. Yeah. And then what I thought was... I mean, I get, no, I do what it means, but it's like... You, <clears> need, I don't to, you need to run silent all the time. Yeah. Every time they're having any battle with anyone, they should be running silent. Exactly. Good point. Um, now, they mentioned something about when Michael was going, and she said that she did something so they couldn't track her warps, like, field or whatever. Oh, they can never do that. They can always do that. <laughs> Just because they have to be able to do it. It's whatever the plot requires. Yeah, because that was... I thought maybe it was something similar to that. Yeah. Um, All right. So, they're screwed, and that's where we end it. And we get next week on... We get Arium. We get to see this Arium situation. Yeah, so I think two things. We see Arium kicking butt. We see her turning on the bridge. Yep. Arium, what are you doing? Um, But the most interesting thing we see is we see the Admiral say, this is Section 31 headquarters... Then we see them That's going to a minefield. So yeah. were they heading towards Section 31 headquarters, do you think? Uh, possibly. That was the impression. Is it another Romulan minefield? I don't know how true it is, but it's an impression I got. Yeah. Now, why would they be doing that? I don't know. And then they're in something. I'll know when I watch the episode on Thursday. And there's a bunch of dead Starfleet people around. Right. Maybe Section 31 has been overtaken. Maybe. Possibly. Infiltrated by scrolls. Hmm. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I, I, right now, my, my big thing is wanting to know what happens with uh, what's going down with Arian. Arian. So, and that's going to be our key to who is behind this attack. Yes. But do you think we're going to get it next week? No. Why? Because I don't think that's how the show operates. I think we'll find out. It used to operate. I bet my, my prediction is we'll find out in the penultimate episode and they'll deal with it in the finale. They'll know exactly who to, who to go after. That's too bad. It's Captain Catherine Janeway. They gotta go into the 24th century. If they're, if they're gonna do this whole like. It's a Telogian projection of Captain Janeway. If they're gonna do this whole like time travel shit, right? I'm yeah. Like, just make a quick stop in the 24th century. Make it Go to DS9. Or Janeway is the angel. Go to DS9 for a second. Yeah. What if it's a prophet? What if it's one of the prophets? That'd be weird. Yeah. Um, that'd be weird. So this is... Um, it's, For me, we're at a point now where it's like, okay, guys, the clock is ticking. We've only got yeah. so many episodes left. I'm not used to you. being here because remember when last season, one thing that we really liked was the fact that we thought, oh, this is going to be the Klingon War all season. And then a couple episodes in, it was kind of over. And right. then it went on to this other thing, and we, we were kind of impressed with that. And, yeah. and we even talked about how this Red Angel thing might last two episodes, and then they go on to something we don't even expect. Well, yeah, yeah, that does not happen. Yeah. Well, I think because in the first season you had a lot of writer... writer I know, but I think that works. And that. And, but the, again, as I've said a million times, the Klingon plot is just not interesting to me one bit. And so I, I, was, I was actually glad we got away from it in the first season. Yeah, and then it seems like now all they've done is like... Nice drawing. <laughs> Finished it off. Can you draw a discovery? No, I can't even yeah. draw the Enterprise. Look. No, you, <laughs> you did a fine job. Um, well, I want to see what I want to see the kind of shit that Arian pulls. So, um, now you had some, you, <laughs> you had some uh, haters corner shit this week. Yes, you want to do the, the honors? Yeah. All right. Well, set me up. Okay, so I was on um, a website that I frequent 
I am when I'm at work, io9, and I go to work and I check io9 and a couple other websites. You uh, texted this to me, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, yeah. so I texted this to him because it was like such a good hater's corner. And um, so it was interesting because after this episode aired, I was looking online, and everything was very high praise. People loved this episode. It was universal. I thought, wow, look at this. The haters Specifically started. the recap. Like People were saying they squeed at the recap. Well, they should get have a doctor check that out, but... I'm glad that they enjoyed it, I guess. I need the... What was it from the Menagerie? Well, what is it? <laughs> McCoy? Yeah. <laughs> the worst bedside man of any Divulge on that for a second. So, it, we were, uh, we were, it was last week, right? We were watching the... After we recorded, we were watching the Menagerie. He was on the Starbase. <laughs> and somebody from the Enterprise hails him. And says, says Dr. McCoy, we need you with the Enterprise now. We have a medical emergency, and he goes, "Well, what?" And he's like, "Well, what is it?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was already frustrated that he's been jerked around by Spock for a while, but still, well, what is it? <laughs> You're making me do work, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was such a weird reaction. Like he was mad, like, he was oh so Jesus, like, like Jesus Christ, I gotta go back up over there and fix somebody. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta actually do my job. As if, like, this better be a good emergency. Don't waste my time with some little emergency. Yeah, like, he's, he's like, well, what is it? Is it, like, a injury or, like, a... I forget what he's... He, like, named <laughs> off a couple of things. Like, what is it? That's great. Uh, I, and the thing is, I didn't remember that at all, so I was fucking hysterical. That was great. Well, what is it? <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, I'm sorry. I own nine, yes. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, we're so it was getting you. unanimous praise, basically. Yeah, the show's getting a lot of praise, and, you know... I didn't see any haters because usually it's when there's any article about Discovery anywhere right anywhere the, it's like the first comment is something about the look of it paying for um, CBS All Access it's, it's or pe- something it's, it's like people purpose. it's like when new movies come out and people like purposely go to Rotten Tomatoes and post bad reviews of it yeah. to get the score low this is kind of this is kind of a similar thing in my opinion yeah when usually it has nothing Facebook they always do like angry emojis Usually it has nothing to do with actually the episode. It's more no, like... No, it's just like we gotta... We I don't want to pay for it. It looks stupid. Yeah. Things like that. So yeah. I was surprised that after only a couple... After seeing all these positives, there was this one very, very... Um, Check it up on the screen. Negative. So, yeah. all right, go. Take it away. So, well, actually, <laughs> hang on. Let me... I just want to look at your text message again really quick. Because I thought you sent one before this. Um, which... Okay, no, you didn't. All right. I did. So, I sent two. I'll read the first one. The same one. Oh, okay. Well, it's painful seeing how they're cannibalizing. Is that the one you got? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. So then yes, there's yes. another one. I can right. read that one. I have the other one. I have the second one. So, re- so, this is a, so this is a comment. Okay. Yes. Don't, don't read the person. Don't give the person's name. <laughs> I'm a, or the article. All right. But this is a person's comment. Okay. Reply to the article. It is painful seeing how they're just cannibalizing any bits and pieces they can get their grubby hands on from canon Trek rather than coming up with their own stories. Not just ideas, plot points, and themes, but to actually try and shove anything you might remember from the original series down the audience's throat in the desperate hope that they'll get some applause for once. Dot, dot, dot. It's absolutely disgraceful. Any writer on that show should be ashamed of themselves. Okay. It's like, what are they cannibalizing exactly? Um, I think the fact that the Telosians are on it, and Spock is on it, and Pike is on it. Right, but they're giving them more history. 
I, I, you know, you could ask this person. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's that uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a, yes, they're using existing characters, but like this is an this is an area of their life of their lives we haven't seen before. Yeah, and I don't get cannibalized. And they're doing original stuff with them. Yes, again, they're existing characters, but they're doing original stuff yeah, with them. Yeah, it's not cannibalizing. No. No. I don't think it's cannibalizing. It's fucking cannibalizing. And I guess this person, though, even though they hate it so much, they're clearly a regular watcher. Right. I mean, you know they're an old school because they have Kirk as their uh, appetite. Oh, now you're giving away too much. Um. <laughs> I'll have to send you to a doctor, you sensible man. You can fight. I'll fight this out with you guys on Twitter. I don't care. Um, and then he follows that up with, because um, somebody comments in response and says, uh, Kurtzman is the showrunner, one of the worst hacks in Hollywood, so what did you expect? Oh, really? I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, because uh, that leads into the second comment that says, I expect people to who, I expect people well, to Okay, who, but, but let me just go one more. One, after the Kurtzman one, the worst hacks in Hollywood, says, it must be disappointing to you how awesome the show has been so far. Yes, that person <laughs> is my friend. Yeah. I want to be friends with that person. But then that then the same person responds and says, from the who posts the original comment, says, I expect people who earn the salaries of professional writers hired by a major company to have the smallest shred of talent to tell a story and decency. Story and decency. <laughs> well, is, this, is the show indecent? Um, well, wait. Actually. What? It's so it's a sort of a parallel structure in the sentence where it is they have a shred of talent and, and decency the two nouns that they have one is talent one is decency and then after the noun they go on to like qualify the noun so talent to tell a story decency not to pay some small respect um i expect studios to take a look at the work history of those they're hiring and the franchises they have handled to determine whether they're in any danger to something that continues to earn them massive merchandising capital every year. Okay. Kurtzman wrote the first reboot and the second reboot, mm-hmm. he, which did very well in the theater, which did very well in the, the Star Trek films, which came out, which did really well when they came out. Yeah, especially the first one. Especially the first second one. one people had their issues with. It, but the second one made more money than the first one. Oh, okay. And it's like a cheer point. It's like a CBS just sticking their head out the window saying, Hey! Yeah, because... Kurt- wanna, I've got, I mean, this guy, obviously... Kurtzman is not the only writer. They have a whole team of writers, and they all have, you know, varied backgrounds CB- on different franchises. CBS, CBS doesn't just hire anybody to write TV. Like, you have to... It's, it's fucking... It's job experience, man. Right. They've made a decision. You may not agree with it, but they've chosen who they think are the best writers for this. Yeah. Um, I expect lots of things, including to be including to be disappointed when people fail to meet even a minimum standard of quality. <laughs> this is my favorite. But I don't expect to see the it's like it's so fucking dramatic. It's like but I don't expect to see the corpse of something I love harvested for parts and paraded down the street while those who hold them mock my horror mock my horror at their actions. It shouldn't be unexpected at this point, given the number of beloved franchises this has happened to. But I guess I'm a slow learner. Mm-hmm. And before we even get into that, the reaction says, and I expect fans to not be pretentious twats, but hey, life is full of disappointments. I mean, I realized something, like, not from reading this, but if if you didn't love Star Trek, you wouldn't 
This just to me shows how passionate they are about something they love. That's true. They're very right? passionate. They're very passionate. But again, this is all just a matter of opinion. Like you're free. Yes, you're free to have your opinions. Yeah. But it's like, dude. Yeah, and like you know what? You hey, gotta chill a little bit. Maybe you got because that's not what's going on. Yeah, but maybe you got lucky. I mean, if you have liked every single thing that Star Trek has done up to this point, you've gotten very, very lucky. Right. And I'm sorry, but here's some one thing that you don't like. I mean, there are episodes of franchise of the of other show, of the other shows I don't like. I do like all of the shows. I like them all. I don't want to say I like one more than the other. I like them all for different reasons. Right? Oh, totally. I don't like every single one of the movies. Right. And did you, I don't know. But for a franchise that... Feel, like, personally offended when you didn't like one of the movies? No. Good. You're a healthy person. I mean, it's like, for a franchise, at least in my case, for a franchise that's over 50 years old, it's got a pretty good track record, in my mind, of being good. Yeah. And there are way more hits than misses. Way more hits than misses. Yeah, I think the thing that just, I, I, drives me crazy about this comment and the comments like this is almost this idea that, um, well, two things. CBS intentionally got terrible writers. Yeah, that's one. That's not true at all. And also that, um, like, it's this master plan of, like, let's not write good episodes, let's just... Take things people know and they'll like it because we say Spock a lot. When obviously what they've done is they hired people they think would be good at it and they've yep. chosen to let's write some new stories and incorporate some things people already know. That's, I think I think using Spock in that sort of era is a nice way to draw people in. But they're sure. not they're not like they're exploring an area that we've that's never been explored before. Yeah. And I, I don't think that... So. I don't think that... I don't know. Maybe the decision was made like that we have to have Spock in this or nobody's going to watch it. I don't think that that would, is what happened. No. I mean, I think the hook to watching the show, I mean, when the show first began a couple of years ago was Michael Burnham is Spock's half-sister. Like, that was sort of the... That was kind of the hook, I was think, it? in the beginning. Yeah, I think so. Did they play that up a lot? No. Promotional materials? Yeah. I don't, they don't do it much in the... I don't remember them doing it much in the trailers, but like any sort of like printed or like articles oh, yeah. you would see. Yeah, yeah. And she talks to Sarek in the second episode, so... That's true, that's yeah. true. So, that was kind of yeah. the hook to... Uh, I don't... Yeah, but you I sort of... I guess it's something that... It's almost like... It wasn't the hook to get me in. It was just, hey, it was a new track. I want to yeah. watch it. If you read this person's comments, you would think that... It was like a Schwarzenegger movie from the 80s, and he's wearing a Starfleet uniform, and he's just, like, killing people. <laughs> like, it was so far away from what Trek is. Right. That, um, to almost be indescribable, right. or in just totally out of a universe, which it's not. I mean, I look at it this way, too. Every, every single Trek show goes through this, no matter how extreme it is. Maybe it's a little bit more extreme now because we're in this sort of era of extreme. And everyone fandom. gets to. And every other franchise. Voice. Right, and every franchise is like. I remember when you were telling me, what was it, when the last Jedi trailer came out a couple years yeah. ago? 
you were like, fan reaction, just like Star Trek fans. What the fuck? I'm just like, yep, yeah, I've been dealing with this my whole life. Yeah, yep. yeah. I'm, no, I'm no, like, welcome to the club. That was weird for me to get the Star Wars fans like the Star Trek fans. Yeah, and now they're becoming that. They're, now they are that way, right? Mm. Like, oh, so, yeah. like so you have that very vocal group who just hates what they're doing with the franchise right now, right? Yes, nothing after Jedi exists. Yeah. Man. Um, the Jedi, blink for some soul. So, but, and, you know, one comment I saw was on YouTube and I actually responded to it. They had posted the clip of the... Uh, of the uh, recap from the cage on somebody posted it to YouTube. So naturally you had people commenting. And one person actually comments and goes, Why would they show the original? Why wouldn't they just like it's so stupid. Why don't you just remake this? And I'm like, <laughs> because if you remade this and you're gonna be complaining about why they did that, you're gonna be like, well, and you're gonna use it as ammo to say, see, Discovery has no regard for what came before. Discovery's just gonna remake stuff and not care. Yeah. Yeah. The, which the bottom that line been being so weird to remake you, it. Too. With the bottom line being, you can't, you can't please fans one way or the other. It's just, it's just you, you can't please. <laughs> Kevin so, just punched a lamp. You uh, you can't please fans one way or the other. We're in bonus content time. So now. blooper time, actually. I didn't. Given the how close the proximity to this, I'm surprised I didn't hit it early. I'm just it's my Italian. Because we lost power the other night, and we had to use that lamp. It's my Italian side with the hands waving and everything like that. Mm. Yeah. Says the ginger. <laughs> Not anymore. Well, you can't. You can't. You can't, can't hide uh, it forever. You can't. You can't get rid of ginger, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, so I'm so, just I'm so sorry for my uh, for my fellow fans. Yeah. Yeah. So it's too bad. But that was a good hit. Um, I have a little an odds and end here. Okay. Michael's eyebrow raise is on point. Like an ear. Hmm? Like an ear? No, it's just an eyebrow raise. Spock eyebrow raise? Yeah. So it was great. <laughs> because um, <laughs> when when Spock smiled, yep. and um, Pike said, is that a smile I say? And he goes, sir, I think it is. They they showed all of them, and um, Burnham's eyebrow went up just like Spock. It's like, smiling? What's going on here? It's pretty good. Very well done. Very well done. So... Um, we are going to look forward to uh, the one that's coming up this week. Yes. Just a mere two days away. A mere two days away, my friend. Um, yeah, because we were late in getting this one out. So we have, we're going to have these two episodes sort of like out pretty close together. But um, hold on, I'm going to get the name of it. So the name of this episode this coming week is called Project Dataless. Dataless? No, like the Greek god Daedalus. Yeah. But um, we know what Daedalus is a Greek god. But it is an ep- the thing is, it is an episode about uh, Arium. Daedalus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wait, let's just check out real quick. Daedalus. You could think for a second. Arium is Daedalus. <laughs> less than Daedalus. Yeah, more or less. All right, let's <laughs> check it out. So, <clears throat> Daedalus was a craftsman and artist in Greek mythology who had two sons, Icarus and Lapix. Mm-hmm. He is best known as the creator of the Labyrinth. A huge maze located under the court of the king of Minos of Crete, where the Minotaur, half-man, half-bull creature, dwelt. According to the myth, the king of Athens was forced to... Okay, we want to hear more about Daedalus. Daedalus was kept imprisoned in a tower in Crete so that the secret labyrinth would not be spread to the public. In order to escape, Daedalus created two sets of wings for himself and his young son Icarus. Yep. Uh, by using feathers and gluing them together with wax, he gave one of oh. the sets 
to Icarus and taught him how to fly. However, he warned him not to fly too high as the sun would melt the wax, nor too low as the seawater would soak the feathers. They left the tower, jumping off the window and starting flying towards freedom. Unfortunately, Icarus, forgetting his father's advice, flying higher and higher, wax melted, fell to the sea and drowned, while a nearby island took the name of Icaria after him. Daedalus eventually reached the island of Sicily, where he was welcomed to the court of King Cocalus. There he built a temple in the name of Apollo and offered his wings to the god. In the meantime, Minos had started a search for Daedalus, going from place to place. He asked if anyone could solve the riddle running of running a string through a spiral seashell. When he went to Sicily, Cocalus knew that Daedalus would be able to solve the riddle, and as to do so, Daedalus took an ant, attached a string, and then lured it into the seashell. Drops of honey. So that makes me think of, uh, you talk about wings. Wings, and right? But, yeah, so the red angel. But interestingly enough, the episode next week, which is on the 21st, the name of the, the, name of the episode is called The Red Angel. Oh, well, finally. Yeah, we're going to get the big reveal. We're going to get the big reveal, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but I should point out that the episode this week, Project Daedalus, is going to be directed by Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. Oh, nice. So Frakes right now is, um, in my book, he's like, he's two for three. He's, Wait, he's directing the Red Angel or the Daedalus? Project Daedalus. Oh, cool. Excellent. So it makes you think of Data even more. Yeah. Um, and plus, you know, fights on the, on the bridge yeah. and things. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Um, but Freaks right now, out of the... So, I've got three episodes of Discovery that are my favorite, and he's directed two of them. Nice. Yeah. So, so we should be in for a good episode. And last week's was one of my favorites. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, that's, that's, that's very good. But it looks like... So, this is um, episode... The one this week. After this one, we have... 58, 59, 60, 61. So we have five left. Okay, so we're going to find out, hopefully, about the Red Angel two episodes from now. So we have three episodes. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like the season's going by quickly, and I like that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I but, agree. Yeah. So. Project Daedalus. Um, Project Daedalus, all right. Project Daedalus. Same not to be, and also, time, not same to be, Trek channel. And also not to be confused with the Enterprise, ep- the Enterprise episode called Daedalus, which dealt with the inventor of the transporter. Oh, yes. Um, which, and just as kind of a side note, so the name of that um, inventor is called Emery Erickson. And in the opening of Discovery... For this season, you see a transporter pad with the three Starfleet on And on the very bottom, on the right, it says, invented by Emery, Emmer- Emery Erickson. Oh, nice. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, is it going to involve this again? I hope not. Because <laughs> in an otherwise amazing season of Enterprise, that's one of the few duds that came out of that season. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Well... Until uh, next time. Until next time, probably uh, Saturday, maybe. Yeah, I'll unless I unless one can't of us gets again. one of us gets horribly sick yet again. So enjoy so, to discuss uh, Project Daedalus. We'll do Project Podcast. Yes, and we got one tweet about where people listen to our podcast, and it was about the one that shovels snow. 
while listening. So, for any of you people here, tweet at us. Let us know where you listen. Disco podcast. And um, on the toilet, on the treadmill, what do you do? And we're still, and we're a few weeks away from the launch of our next podcast. True story. Uh, what did I call it? As Timeless as Infinity. The <laughs> as Timeless as Infinity, Twilight a Twilight Zone, Zone podcast. We trust. Which can be found at on Twitter at 4, F-O-R, 4 Approval. 4 Approval. That will, that sh- so the new Twilight Zone begins April 1st on CBS All Access, and we will follow with our first episode a couple days after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the way around is April Fool's Day. Yes. Maybe I will get my hair cut at that point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're with that. All right. See everybody Saturday. <laughs>